Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 26th of July. India registered almost 49,000 fresh COVID-19 infections, pushing the country's tally closer to 14 lakh. With more than 700 fresh fatalities, the death toll has gone up to a little over 32,000. On the occasion of Kargil Vijay Divas, Prime Minister Narendra Modi addressed the nation in his monthly monologue today. He said, and I quote, India was then trying to have cordial relations with Pakistan, but it is said that it is in the very nature of the wicked to have enmity with everyone for no reason. Unquote. Coming to the pandemic, Modi said that India's COVID-19 recovery rate is much better than that of many other countries. However, he added that the coronavirus was still spreading and that the threat was not over yet, so everyone needs to remain vigilant. Modi also lauded the efforts of Balbir Kaur from Jammu, who built a 30-bed hospital in her panchayat, and Muhammad Iqbal from Anantnag, who created a sprayer machine just for 50,000 rupees. In a troubling turn of events in Bengaluru, authorities have said that as many as 3,338 COVID-positive people are untraceable in the city and a search is currently underway. The IT hub is dealing with an enormous burden since almost half of Karnataka's COVID-19 cases are there. N. Manjunath Prasad, Commissioner of the City's Civic Body, said, and I quote, We could trace some of the positive patients with the help of police, but 3,338 are still untraceable. Some of them provided wrong mobile numbers and addresses at the time of giving samples. They disappeared after getting positive results. Unquote. Owing to this, now authorities have decided to ask for government-issued identity cards and verified mobile numbers before collecting samples for COVID-19 tests. Meanwhile, in Delhi, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal has said that corona bed occupancy has significantly dropped in the capital in the last one-month period. The Delhi government also announced today that they will be launching a job portal, a common platform for both companies as well as job seekers. In a shocking incident in Kolkata, an ambulance driver forced two COVID patients and their mother to get off the vehicle because they refused to pay the exorbitant sum of 9,200 rupees for a six-kilometre journey to the hospital. It was only after doctors from the hospital intervened that the driver accepted the payment of 2,000 rupees to take them. The northeast state of Sikkim reported its first COVID death today. The 74-year-old man, the headmaster of a government school in Rangli, was a popular figure in the locality. The state has meanwhile extended its lockdown till the 1st of August. In a heartening report from Tirupati, a 101-year-old woman has recovered from COVID-19 and has been discharged from the hospital. The lady was not suffering from any other conditions and hospital authorities attributed her recovery to her mental strength. In fact, hospital authorities told the Indian Express that Mangamma herself directed the ambulance driver to her house after they could not contact her family members due to incorrect details. Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh met 85-year-old Shanta Bai Pawar, whose stick-fighting video went viral on social media. In the video, Pawar was seen displaying her stick-fighting skills on the streets of Pune during lockdown to make a living for her family, which includes orphaned children that she has taken under her care. The minister gifted her a sari and one lakh rupees on behalf of his party, the NCP. While Bhopal goes under lockdown until August 4th, the city's MP Pragya Singh Thakur has claimed that reciting Hanuman Chalisa five times a day and completing the ritual with an arti of Lord Ram will help rid the world of the dreadful coronavirus. She also wrote in the same tweet, and I quote, Though the lockdown will be over on August 4th, this ritual will end on August 5th when Bhumi Poojan for Ram Temple in Ayodhya will be performed. We will celebrate that day like Diwali. Unquote. 
Just last week, the pro-tem speaker of the Madhya Pradesh Assembly had claimed that the building of Ram Temple will destroy coronavirus. In the past one week, two journalists were brutally murdered in two states. In both the cases, police negligence played a significant part. Sunil Tiwari was killed in Madhya Pradesh's Nivari district on July 22nd and Vikram Joshi on July 20th in Ghaziabad district of Uttar Pradesh. Before their murders, Tiwari and Joshi had repeatedly appealed to the police for help. Sunil alleged that he was being targeted for his reports and faced threats to his life, while Vikram had filed complaints against a group of men who eventually allegedly killed him. No action was taken on either of their complaints. Both their families now blame the police for their carelessness and dereliction of duty. To find out more, do read Prateek's report on the same on our website, newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, it is not just the pandemic that has caused a severe blow to the media in the country. The real threat is from the rapid decline of press freedom in India. India ranks 142nd out of 180 countries in the World Press Freedom Index. Press freedom is key to a healthy democracy and we, as the citizens of this country, need to step up. News Laundry was set up with this very idea at its core, the independence of media. This is exactly why we do not take any advertisements from the government or any other sponsors. Because we don't want anyone to come in between you and the truth that you deserve to hear. So do your bit and support us by subscribing to us at newslaundry.com. In Telangana, a self-proclaimed godman, Muhammad Ismail, was arrested for allegedly duping a man of 12,000 rupees, saying he could cure his COVID-like symptoms. Police said that he had cheated at least 70 people until his arrest. The flood situation in Assam remains worrying with one more reported death. Over 26 lakh people have been affected in 27 of the state's 33 districts. The death toll in this year's flood and the landslides has risen up to 123. The Assam State Disaster Management Authority, or ASDMA, said that while 97 people died in flood-related incidents, 26 were killed in landslides. The authority also said that the number of people affected by the deluge has decreased by over 1.6 lakh since Friday. Golpara continues to be the worst affected district, followed by Barpeta and Morigaon. The Brahmaputra River continues to flow above the danger mark in Gohati, Tezpur, Dhubri and Golpara. Roads and bridges have been damaged across districts. Large-scale erosion has also occurred in different places. District administrations are operating 564 relief camps and distribution centres across 19 districts where close to 48,000 people have taken shelter. The ASDMA Bulletin also announced that the floods have so far claimed the lives of 127 animals of different species, while 157 others have been rescued in the Kaziranga National Park. This year's unusually prolonged floods in Assam have caused a serious shortage of food, forcing animals to move out of the sanctuary for such long stretches for the first time. Currently, five rhinos are taking refuge in three different homes in Rajamayung village. While some residents have taken kindly to the animals, others have been calling the forest department for help. As of Saturday, 90% of the sanctuary remains submerged. A Gurgaon court has summoned Chinese company Alibaba and its founder Jack Ma in a case filed by a former employee. The employee had alleged that he was wrongfully fired after objecting to what he saw as censorship and fake news on company apps. The case comes weeks after India cited security concerns in banning Alibaba's UC News, UC Browser and 57 other Chinese apps after a clash between the two countries' forces on their border. 
following the ban india sought written answers from all affected companies including whether they censored content or acted for any foreign government in court filings dated 20th of july and previously not reported the former employee of alibaba's uc web pushpender singh parmar alleged that the company used to censor content seen as unfavorable to china and its apps uc browser and uc news showcased false news to cause social and political turmoil Civil Judge Sonia Shekhard of a district court in Gurugram has issued summons for Alibaba, Jack Ma and about a dozen individuals or company units asking them to appear in court through a lawyer on July 29th. The judge has also sought written responses from the company and its executives within 30 days. UC India said in a statement that it had been unwavering in its commitment to the India market and the welfare of its local employees and its policies are in compliance with local laws. The statement said and I quote we are unable to comment on the ongoing litigation unquote The Jammu and Kashmir administration has told the center that it has no objection to restoring 4G internet services as high speed internet will not be a security concern The restrictions on the internet in the region have not been removed since 5th of August last year when the state special status was revoked Residents of the region have been managing with 2G internet even in the middle of a pandemic when connectivity is an important factor. The government has been citing security concerns to deny residents access to 4G internet services. Because of this, even the Jammu and Kashmir High Court has been finding it difficult to function under the lockdown with judges using WhatsApp and landline phones to conduct proceedings with lawyers in Kashmir even as courts in other places use video conferencing. In an affidavit filed in the Supreme Court on Thursday, the center had told the top court that a committee constituted to examine the demands for restoring 4G services following the orders of the court on May 11th had met twice but decided not to relax the restrictions for the time being. The special committee comprises of the Union Home Secretary, Department of Telecommunications Secretary and the Chief Secretary of the Union Territory. However, Lieutenant Governor G.C. Murmu told the Indian Express and I quote Pakistan will do its propaganda whether it is 2G or 4G. It will always be there, but I don't see an issue." Unquote. Murmu also said that the Department of Information and Public Relations does not have the right to examine media for anti-national content. He said and I quote, "I will check this. This is not required. There are relevant laws for this." Unquote. A policy implemented on 15th of May says that the DIPR shall examine the content of print, electronic and other forms of media for fake news, plagiarism, unethical or anti-national activities. And now for some international updates. There are now more than 16 million known coronavirus cases worldwide. Countries with the highest case loads are the US, Brazil, India, Russia and South Africa. Yesterday the World Health Organization warned that the cases have been growing at around 1 million per week for the last few weeks. 21 workers at a steel plant owned by ArcelorMittal in the Mexican port city of Lazaro Cárdenas have died from COVID-19. Reuters reported that the dead included employees, contractors and suppliers to the plant. The plant employs more than 7000 people according to the workers union. The plant employs more than 7000 people but strict sanitary protocols are followed. A representative of the union said it was possible that the workers contracted the virus from outside. ArcelorMittal has said that it has made substantial donations to help tackle the virus in Lazaro Cárdenas, a major port on the Pacific coast. The company, which is the world's largest steel producer and owned by steel magnate Lakshmi Mittal, was not immediately available for comment on the report of deaths which were initially made in a public video posted on social media by the union's president. 
North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has declared an emergency and a lockdown in a border town after a person suspected of having COVID-19 illegally crossed the border from South Korea. State media confirmed that it would be the first case to be officially acknowledged by the North Korean authorities. An emergency Politburo meeting was convened in response to what Kim called a critical situation in which the vicious virus could be said to have entered the country. Vietnam, meanwhile, has reintroduced social distancing measures in the city of Da Nang after a second locally transmitted case of COVID-19 was detected more than three months after any infections were reported in the country. The total number of cases in the country so far is 418 with no deaths. The impressively low figures are believed to be because of its strict quarantine measures and widespread testing program. Poland will take steps next week to withdraw from a European treaty on violence against women, which the right-wing cabinet has said violates parents' rights by requiring schools to teach children about gender. The Justice Minister Ziobro told a news conference on Saturday that his ministry would submit a request to the Labour and Families Ministry on Monday to begin the process of withdrawing from the treaty. The treaty is known as the Istanbul Convention. Ziobro said, and I quote, it contains elements of an ideological nature which we consider harmful, unquote. Poland's ruling Law and Justice Party and its coalition partners closely align themselves with the Catholic Church and promote a conservative social agenda. Hostility to gay rights was one of the main issues promoted by President Duda during a successful re-election campaign this month. On Friday, thousands of people, mostly women, protested in Warsaw and other cities against the proposals to reject the treaty. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Do watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance aptly titled Who Killed News? starring Arnab and Kangana. In this episode, Manisha talks about the cringe-worthy coverage of the death of actor Sushant Singh Rajput on some news channels. Don't miss the guest appearance by Abhinandan. Oh, and also do watch his latest interview with author Vivek Call on the NPMS, the poor state of public sector banks, and his latest book. Call talks about how Vijay Malia, Mehul Choksi, and Nirav Modi have become the poster boys of the NPMS in India, even though there is an entire list of defaulters in the parliament which has not been spotlighted. Don't miss it. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.